Uh, welcome. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Demystifying Gay Porn Podcast with IK Grande. I'm your host, IK Grande. And uh, if you know me by now, you know I've been in the industry for 12 years. And if you've watched gay porn, I've definitely helped you get off. Um, so today I want to talk to you a little bit. Before introducing our guest, I want to talk to you a little bit about Passio, which is a dark alley media film made in 2007. It was one of the first projects I worked on. And the reason I think it's uh, worthy of a conversation is because Matthias von Fistenberg was the director for that. If you don't know Matthias von Fistenberg, he's related to Diane von Fistenberg. And um, he was uh, he is Owen Hawke's partner and the owner of Dark Alley Media. And uh, they make this movie, uh, which unfortunately I was I, I did not have the luxury of being on set for. However, I did get to watch it or I did get to edit it and put together. And basically, the first thing I see when I walk in and look at the footage is a long table with, uh, I would say, about eight to nine models on one side of it. And they're all dressed like Roman times, let's say. So Passio, I guess in Polish, or I'm not sure what language, is basically the passion. So it's a gay porn film about Jesus Christ. And I got to tell you, it was it was quite interesting because... Uh, it apparently it just happened on the whim. Owen Hawk went out to, uh, to run, get some towels or something like that. And while he was out doing that, Matthias von Fistenberg gets this idea. Wait a minute, get gold plates, get, you know, get a whole bunch of stuff, get bread so that they can make it look like the last supper. And then from there, they just, they just kept, they got fabric and, uh, they made togas and, People wear sandals and there was even a, a Danny Fox who's a, I think he's retired now, but they put him on a crucifix. Oh, it was, it was quite interesting. Uh, one tidbit about that too is at that time, one of my really, really good friends was, uh, applying for a graphic designer position and we just happened to have an opening. So we brought him in and he sits down. He's a really nice guy, good graphic designer, sent his portfolio beforehand. And Matthias von Fistenberg, if you have not met him, he is quite a character. Uh, well, he's, he's quite an interesting personality. Mm-hmm. If, if he doesn't like something, he's going to tell you. So the minute, uh, the minute my friend sits down, the first words out of Matthias's mouth is, well, I looked at your portfolio and I hate it. So of course, everybody else that's involved in the interview gets up and walks away because they realize that it's not going to be an interview. Um, and, I was working at the time, so I didn't get the luxury of hearing that either. However, I did take my headphones and move them aside so I can hear kind of a little bit of the conversation because my friend is also, my friend is Brazilian. So it's one of those things where if you're from Europe or from South America, in my opinion, you just have this, I guess you're just real about stuff, right? So Matthias is sitting there telling him how, you know, I like a lot of the stuff that I do has a lot of detail and I put a lot of time and effort into stuff. And while he's saying that, there's a picture of Passio up. And my friend says, is that why there are bagels on the table? And that's just one of those things where, you know, he says a lot of shit, but it's not really true. So uh, without further ado, that's Passio. If you want to catch that or catch the trailer, which is, I think, one of the best. The trailer is definitely better. And I'm not saying that because I edited it. But it's it's basically the best parts of the movie. And uh, a lot of a lot of time and effort went into making that uh, a nice a nice cut. So uh, I think you can watch that on darkalley.com. Uh, check it out. If not, I'll post it on my Twitter page, Ike Grande, 
uh, I'm sorry, at Aki Grande or, uh, or on Instagram. I'll do either or. Um, so now moving on, uh, my first guest or my only guest, my guest this week, uh, is a model who just started, uh, working in the porn industry, uh, two years ago, a little under two years ago. Uh, he is very, very, uh, well known for family dick and Mormon, Mormon boys, which, uh, if you haven't checked it out, they're quite, quite a studio. Um, so, uh, without further ado, Joel, someone, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Actually. I'm very, very happy you agreed to do this. Uh, I know you saw us set up the Dolph Dietrich one and you were asking what we were doing and you were already on my list. Uh, uh it was just, you know, that day was not the day to do it. It was going to be our first one. And if shit went wrong, it would have been three interviews that were just off. So after listening to the Dolph one, uh, there are a couple things that I was able like that. See, Ooh. yeah. So after listening to the Dolph, uh, Dietrich interview, there were definitely some things like banging on tables that I am very happy. We, uh, uh, we did not do it that day. Um, but let's, um, let's talk about you. How are you doing today, Joel? I'm great. It is extremely warm here in New York. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm melting just a little bit, but uh, otherwise, it's really wonderfully air conditioned in here. Um, it's, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm super happy to be here, and uh, I was super excited to jump at a project that involves kind of a little more personality, mm-hmm. kind of based stuff, like getting to speak and hear people's stories. Well, um, let's start off with okay. So your intro, you you um, you mentioned, or I mentioned, Family Dick and Mormon Boys. How did you get? How did you get started with them? You know, it's the kind of thing that I, I, I used to be a huge consumer of porn before I got into porn. So that's, it, this is me living my dream, actually. I started doing this industry when I was 30 years old and I projected so much onto it. I projected like my hopes, my fears and all of that kind of thing. Like it was everything to me. And so to get into it has been really surreal. And so I've noticed that one of the biggest things about doing porn is escorting. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I really like focused on kind of like family dick and Mormon boys is to be frank, clients were asking about it. They were like, did you see this? Did you see that? And it, I like it because it's really, really raw. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of kind of really intense kind of things to it. So I, I enjoy that. I enjoy kind of being able to get into that headspace with people. And Mm -hmm. the other thing is intergenerational porn is really hot because it's not easy to work Mm -hmm. with people just starting, like working with 19 and 20 year olds. You know, this from working in the industry, some of the the old timers will be like, Oh my God, I can't stand this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, I saw the first time I saw Mormon boys was probably 2016. I could be wrong on the date. I'm not sure when they started. However, Back in like 2014, I wanted to start a site called Alter Boys and nobody would touch it. Everybody's like, oh, I don't want to do it. You know, you never know what's going to happen. Mormon Boys got exactly what they were like. They did it and they got all of the publicity from it, good or bad. And people, people really like it. And then Family Dick, when I saw Family Dick, I was like, how much further? I didn't know they were the same company, but I was like, how much further can this go? And I watched it and it's not stepfather fantasy. It's not stepbrother fantasy. This is legit. Uh, let's talk about, you know, brother on brother and mm-hmm. father on son. And I got to tell you, growing up, there's something or growing up, there was, there was always something hotter or hot about your older cousin or your, I never had a brother, but I can only imagine that whole big brother, small, like a younger brother scenario. Um, 
would be would be very very cool. It is. It's very cool. <laughs> so um, so it's it's really really cool that that you do work with them a lot. How how is it working with the studio? It's amazing. They're a uh, phenomenal to work with. I you know I really feel like the fetish is initiation. Mm-hmm. It's the idea that someone is initiating you. It's you know what I mean as a as a boy and stuff like that. We all looked for someone to kind of teach us how to be gay and teach us these kind of lessons because as gay males we grew up with obviously straight parents and they had no concept of what gay sex was. And so the idea of like a father teaching his son, mm-hmm. there's, it, I know there's kind of like the very incestual kind of aspects of it, but there's also something really kind of interesting about, you know, son asking about getting fucked in the ass yeah. or something like that, because it's something you need to know. It's mm-hmm. something that the first time you do, just like losing your straight virginity can be extremely embarrassing. <laughs> and it's also, you know, there's, there's a market for it. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And then also straight porn. If you watch, I see exactly what you're saying. You grow up and your parents are straight. I used to sneak into my father's room when he wasn't home and watch his VHS and he didn't have gay porn in there. He had straight porn. So even to this day, when I'm jerking off or I have, I need material, I watch straight porn. I, I, I guess gay porn is a little, it depends on, on who's in it. If I find a model that I really, really like, I'll, I'll gravitate towards that. But I enjoy straight porn because that's what I grew up on. So I, I find those models or I find, and I'm not watching the girls, although the girls no, are, nobody ever is. The girls are beautiful. <laughs> However, uh, I don't know. It's the, it's the whole thing. And it's not only the guy. I kind of like, you know, the, the fact that the guy's getting pleasure and all that stuff, but there's just something about, I guess sex in general, but that's, that's a, that's a broad, a broad answer to give that. Um, anyway. I'm I'm very happy that you have worked with them and they are a good studio to work with. They're phenomenal. They're they're really good people and they're really I genuinely say this, they're very good to their actors. Cool. Well, that's good. So, Joel Someone, where did that name come from? Joel Someone was my Craigslist hookup name okay. back when I was with my partner. And so it was kind of like my sketchy little side name. And so it, it I I I I started using it because when I was interested in doing sex work, I needed an alias and I, I couldn't think of anything. And I'll be frank, porn names are really, really like hard to remember because we, in this industry, we all know people who have like three names and stuff like that. And so I'm a jokester. I'm one of those people who can take nothing seriously. And so I got the name Joel someone because it's kind of something you've already half forgotten. Like it's something your mother would say. You're like, he's, he's doing a film now. You know, his name, Joel someone or something like that you know like i and it's funny to me and so i've that was really the kind of gag for it until i've started doing films and it's the who's on first happens a lot kind of like the old the old vaudeville gag it's like i'm filming with joel today oh cool what's his last name someone no but what's his last name and so i've that's happened several times on sets and it it makes me so happy every single time i just say it all together joel someone I, I, the first, I think the first time he said it, I was like, who is this Joel? No one. And he's like, no, it's, it's Joel someone. And I was like, oh, now getting to know you, it fits your personality so well. It's awesome because I'll hear some porn names. Like there was a model that, um, champ worked with named pink lemonade or something like that. And I was like, do you seriously want to be in the porn industry? Or are you just fucking around? Which is fine <laughs> either way, but you can't pick a name like that. I don't think. I don't know. Big Lem- Maybe I'm wrong, but I just feel like it's hard to Google. 
It, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, it's, you're gonna get a lot of stuff that's safe for work when yeah. you Google that. Um, I yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad to finally get uh, the origin of your name because it it definitely has crossed my mind, and I figured, okay, well, we'll ask him. What's the best company that you've worked with so far? Well, you know, I I and not to like totally suck your guys' dicks in front of you. I really do love working with you and Champ. You guys are a lot of fun. You're um you work very consistently. Like I, I notice I've, you guys call me up. You're always excited that I'm in town. It's and, and you really utilize that I'm like in the middle of the city, right next to everybody. <laughs> so I know I know that's kind of in your calculus as well. You're like, Joel someone lives two blocks away. I'm 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 but I'm forever surprised. I'm forever surprised how kind of professional this industry is. Like when you don't work in this industry and you watch it and you just hear the horror stories and you hear about this person and that person mm-hmm. and these people and the way they work, you kind of think the worst. I've actually been really shocked at kind of the brotherhood that there is and sisterhood. You get, you, you quickly learn there's a lot of women working in this industry as well. And so it's just, it's, it's all very different, but I do love working with you guys because you, you offered this platform to me. This is, I am so grateful to be able to speak to this experience. Yeah, cool. Um, worst company that you've ever worked for. Oh, don't make me do that. Don't make me do that. But I will say one of the companies I worked for abroad, <laughs> It felt like the closest I've ever been to sex trafficked. Like, like, like that's. I, I won't lie. I won't lie. Like getting set up, and you're like, oh my god. Was I'm it called old. Taken? No. Right. If it were, it would have at least. I would have gone to theme with it. You know what I mean? I would have. Yeah. I would have went full Taken with it. But uh, <laughs> no. But I, I won't name names. But I remember one of the times I worked. I would be thinking, I'm like, wow, nobody here speaks English. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I just got sold. I just, like, did I get sold? What the hell happened to me? <laughs> Who has your uh, versatile? Yes, absolutely. And as a versatile actor, what does a versatile actor do? You know, it, it's uh, versatile is hard because you know there's some people I really like to top for, and then there's certain people I really don't like to top for, and people I like to bottom for, and people I really don't like to bottom for. But um, I it, it's really a vibe thing, and I'm really big on meeting actors beforehand as much as I can, like truly getting to have a conversation with people because I'm not a violent top like I'm I'm not the classic kind of like beat you and spit in your face and call you a pig top. I, that's just not me. But when people act that with me, that way with me, ooh, ooh, like hard slap. The first hard slap, you notice me going from like, huh, huh, <laughs> like, like deadpan. <laughs> yeah. So you don't like it. I, I, I'm, You're not a, uh, I, I'm not. I'm a romantic type. Okay. I'm the kind of person. I'm like, if when I when I bottom for someone, I'm offering you my body. Yeah. You know what I mean. I yeah. look you in the eyes. You know, I let you know. Thank you. Thank you so much for giving me this. Like. Gift. Not only that, when it comes to bottoming, other than the fact that it's hard, in my oh, opinion, yeah. it's fucking hard. You don't, either you don't eat for a whole day or two days, depending if, if you're, uh, you know, a, a model. Mm-hmm. I still, I practice that, but then I also, I've learned so much from bottoms, <laughs> uh, on set because I, I want to know, cause I want to make sure that I do a good job, right? I'm not going to bottom for you unless you're special because it's like plugging into a genius. Yeah. So if you look at it that way, it kind of makes you feel like, okay, well, yeah, I want to do this for you. And it's, it is special. You're absolutely right. It teaches you about the way a man tops too. Like I, one of the reasons I, I think some of the best kind of like tops are that way is they, they bottom well. Yeah. Like they, they know yeah. how it feels when someone's inside of them. They yeah. know how it feels when it goes like this. And I, you know, I used to be only exclusively a bottom for a long time. And that's not a good idea when I have a big, you have a big dick, but, uh, I, I, I had to I had to learn and I learned from like, you know what? I'm gonna be conscious in this moment. I'm not gonna pop her out. 
I'm going to be like, what, what is he doing? What feels good in this? You know what I mean? What What are things that I do that he likes and vice versa? So mm. I, I know how to top really well because I was a really good bottom. Mm. And so I, I think it's a good way of kind of like giving yourself to another person. And I always thought bottoming was like a feminized role, but mm-hmm. it's not. Well, it's, they, they stigmatize it. As yeah. Like, but you know, it's, it's actually an extremely like masculine role to, yeah. And you have to be a real, real man. man. <laughs> you have to be a real man <laughs> to offer to yourself take, to take another like- man. You do. It's yeah. like, it's a, it's a sign of love and affection. It's like, yeah. I like you. Yeah. Put yourself inside of me. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it in. Um, who is in the industry, your favorite top? <sighs> Best topping scene. Best that you've been a part of. Scene. You know, I, 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 um, not to put down all the other no, ones, just, no. you know, your favorite top, my favorite top. That's hard. That's re- That is really is hard. Is there a tie? Is there you know, they're, they're ones that make me smile. Like ones that kind of like make me smile. Like, um, I loved working with, um, Manuel Sky. Manuel Sky was okay. a lot of fun, mostly because he's like so charming and he's so handsome. It's and he's so, so funny. Sweet. Sweet. Um, Manuel Sky, uh, I knew from, uh, personal life. I know. Before he got into porn. Gymnast. Crazy. Like, g- yeah. Acrobatic yogi. gymnast. Awesome yogi. And everyone always thinks that like gymnasts are always bottoms. It's amazing to see someone <laughs> topping in full splits. Like that's the thing that always impresses the fuck out of me is watching it full splits, like fucking someone in the ass. I'm like, yeah. I struggle to do it on my knees. <laughs> I'm like, I'm struggling to top someone just using my knees. How about um, your favorite bottom? Favorite bottoms. Oh. Yeah. Name a couple off. Maybe I'm not being. You, no, no, no. It's okay. Um, th- You know, a lot of the. A lot of the time, like, and I mentioned this earlier, like, season tops don't like young bottoms because they'll squeeze. Mm. They squeeze on your dick. They push all the blood out. You're already kind of nervous on film, too, and you're trying to play cool. And just having this kind of little, like, barely 20-something, like, grabbing your penis with his ass is sometimes really unnerving. But some of my favorite bottoms have really been some of the the boys from Mormon Boys. Uh, Darian Blue, Damien Halt. Those are both my porn sons. I I love those boys they're both really sweet i've had amazing experiences with them and offset they cuddle into my arm like a little pup like they really oh. I, I they're they're part of my porn family yeah. in, in the house of someone they're they're they're, they're sons of the house, house of someone, of someone. house I of someone yeah <laughs> stuck walking away uh but no truly they're they are they're very young and they're very inexperienced but at the same time they really are just, you see it in their eyes. Mm. Like the, a good bottom is giving you just like, I fucking like, he's like looking you in the eyes and there's pain and there's excitement mm. and there's terror and there's just everything. You're just all about it. Wow. That's a good description of Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> you kind of already laid into like worst top and worst bottom without even naming them. I know. I'm good. Uh, which is fine. I, worst like, bottoms. Worst bottoms are people who like, you know what? I won't lie. And I, and this is going to get me in a little trouble. I'm not a huge poppers fan. Mm. I like them. I understand them as a bottom. I've tried them. I use them. They're distracting and porn. Mm. And it's the kind of thing that sometimes when you see it, like hyper poppers use, like you know it when someone goes full poppers cockroach or that, oh, like, yeah. and they're not present whatsoever. When you're like in the room and you're a top and you're completely clear headed, it's really disconnecting. It kind of makes you feel weird. It kind of like that's when you get to weird like rape victim status. You're like, I, now you don't know what's going on to you, baby. And like, there's been times when I'm like, okay, I guess this is kind of hot. There's there there's an audience for it. Yeah. But as a top, at the end of it, I feel empty. Like mm-hmm. at the end of it, I feel like I put up a scene, a behind the scenes uh, that Champ just happened to be there for as well. Um, it was Esteban, and um, and the bottom was Harvey. His name was Harvey Stone. Awesome fucking scene. Um, 
But then I guess, you know, he was, he was doing poppers because you kind of have to when you're taking Esteban. Wow. And, um, he was, yeah, he was, he was doing poppers. I took seven dicks without poppers. You so. did. <coughs> you did. However, <coughs> there is in the behind the scenes, there is this, uh, this part where after Esteban comes for like a minute and a half, this guy's somewhere else. And we were trying to like, between the three of us, like, and I do it with the camera. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure people knew that we were all like, what the fuck? And, um, it was, it was quite an experience. So I put it up online because I thought, uh, people like behind the scenes, people also like, and what we're, we're learning now as, as studios, people like seeing poppers. Yeah, they do. They, so, they definitely do. Yeah. This, this was never something that people shot or filmed. However, now people want to see that. They want to see that. They want to see internal cum shots. Uh, no more pulling or shooting on the ass and going in, which we thought in the beginning was, you shoot so that way people know that you came. Yeah. That way you know that it's not fake. But now apparently everybody wants to see internal cum shots, which is it's fine. And and if you if you can do it right, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Um. Okay. So I got a chance to direct you in. Uh, who's my baby daddy? I know I pushed myself before you even got a chance. That was out of control. Thank that you. was a great. Uh, that was a great performance by you. That's when in my eyes you were like, okay, this is Joel something. Like he's. <laughs> This is him. And, and, you know, that, in my opinion, was not easy. You are uh, a champ for doing that. Um, seven big black dicks. Preparation. I was excited too. I was yeah. so excited. That was my dream to have that gang fucking. Yeah. That was, that was a lot of fun. You had mentioned, uh, that you also, well, in your biography or the, the stuff that you sent me, you've struggled with depression. You've struggled with a couple of things growing up. Um, do you want to share some of those? Yeah. Um, Part of my sex journey is that, like, part of me doing porn and everything like that is is me just trying to come to a full realization of of things. You know, I uh, I, until I was thirty years old, I I I never felt like I was attractive. I, and this is not me plugging for compliments or anything like that. I know I am attractive. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. That's Thank good. You. Yeah, you but, are. But truly, I, I didn't like. And and you know, this was kind of like becoming the swan kind of thing like that. I always thought I had to kind of like I needed someone to kind of tell me I was beautiful and stuff. And one day I just decided I'd go for it. But, um, I was also very prude. I, I, uh, I was a person that was like very kind of like trying to be like modest and like keep heteronormative rules and create a family and be monogamous and all of that kind of stuff. And I just remember I was watching porn obsessively and I was in a relationship that I was not happy in. And I would just watch porn all the time. And it meant so much to me that when I broke up with him, I had nothing. And, I went through a really, really dark patch sexually in the New Mexico area. So if everyone in New Mexico, I probably fucked you already. So <laughs> yes, I don't need to go back. But I, I did get into some really dark waters. Like I went, like I went full Treasure Island media. Like I was fucking doing the truck stops, the ar- arcades. I would go to like open air areas that like they, there was a v- airplane viewing area and I would put on a show. Oh my God. To everyone else, trust me, it, it sat to porn people like, Oh my God, that's so hot. But it was like really empty at the same time. I would do it and there was no purpose to it. And at mm-hmm. the end, I'd, I'd be all alone. And then that God hole in the center of my body, I would go fill with like a bucket of fried chicken or like truly I would go eat myself sick afterwards. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was really dark space. And I always knew that I wanted to do this. And so I started pursuing it from New Mexico, which is a very modest place to be a hooker. I will tell you right now. I love New oh, I love New Mexico, but it's a very modest place and nobody's going to pay for a high class whore out there. <laughs> They're just not and they don't. Um, so I, I started kind of traveling and that's how I got used to the beat of kind of like traveling and escorting. And you, you get to meet 
amazing people. You really do. You get to meet people that you, you never thought in your wildest mm-hmm. dreams you would ever meet just because it, it, sex work isn't something insulting. It's not something that you should be ashamed of. It's such just stigma. What do you offer? Cause it, it, you do when you're, when, you, cause it, the fact that you just said that I've met a lot of escorts, right? So you're not only providing the service of, you know, whatever happens behind closed doors, but there's a longing or a need that people have. Do you feel that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we, we all want to be desired. Mm-hmm. And it even, and, and, and one of the things that's been really hard about like the porn industry and escorting is people don't realize sometimes you get escorts who have n- never actually really done much escorting. Mm-hmm. Like I started escorting. I started with kind of being, in, being with someone and just being so fucking grateful they were paying me. Like, you know what I mean? Like after fucking half of New Mexico and, and feeling really kind of empty, all of a sudden I was able to pay my student loans. All of a sudden someone was telling me at this moment, you know, like, you know what? Thank you. What you're offering me, I, I'm not, is not going unnoticed. I know for in this moment, it's not something I'm going to give you a ring or I'm not going to kind of put, mm-hmm. put you in a place where you need to be, but I'm, I'm grateful for the thing you were offering me. And that, that's what the payment, I guess, is. But, um, no, no, it, it's also that like, I give a little bit of myself. And I turn down people all the motherfucking time. I am I am not one of those cowboys. Yeah, you're not one of those. That no, just don't call me at three o'clock in the morning. Mm. Annoyed that I don't party and da 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 da. And I won't be unkind to you. I'm not the type of person I'm like I'm just you know. Okay, no party and play. It says no party and play on my thing. All right, what the fuck? Insult, insult, insult. No, I won't. I, it's 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 the kind of thing that I get that in the moment. And also, I also remember not being in this industry. And I also remember making a fool of myself when I would would try to connect with people that I had no concept of. Like connecting with people in the porn industry when you don't is hard because we we have completely different kind of ideas of what things are and desires and stuff. And we are not just sex crazed people. But at the same time, since we portray ourselves out there, it's hard sometimes for us people to have conversations with us where that you're talking about stuff besides sex because they don't know much about us besides sex like one of the reasons this podcast is so important is i you're you're hearing my voice on Mm -hmm. on the on the ether like you're getting to know the person i am and i'm honored by that like this is truly one of the reasons why i like working with you guys is we have a conversation afterwards Mm -hmm. we we want to expand what this is yeah there are some i've met some porn stars and some porn personalities that are just amazing Mm -hmm. like they the stuff that you would think and i'm guilty of that too because for a long time, I was just going through the motions, right? It didn't take until leaving Dark Alley in April to um, to kind of look back and go on Twitter and see all of the work that people were were loving that I was doing. I was just pumping stuff out, which is why like something like this is more my speed because of the idea of... Uh, people getting more than just, I thought it was just sex. I thought you people just wanted, exactly. People yeah. just wanted to jerk off to the stuff that you put out there. They don't give a shit about who you are. They don't. And then eventually, little by little, I started talking to people on Twitter and started watching, uh, what people were reposting. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. I want to give a little more back though. I want to make sure that people see, uh, so much more. And I've been always, I've always been very model oriented. I work for a company, but I'm also the in between person with the company. And, uh, and the models and the models make the company, the companies might make the model. It works. It Mm -hmm. always works both ways. And why make that a shitty experience for anybody? I hope, I really do hope people do catch on and people start talking about, uh, the podcast and, and I can continue doing this with models because I think, uh, I think it's really cool. I think, you know, from the moment I met you, I was like, okay, he's, 
he's cool. <laughs> you know, like there's, there's so much more, but I've also met people that are just sex, 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 sex. Yeah. All they think about. Porn can be psychodrama. Porn. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons I like doing a lot of the incest and religious kind of theme stuff is it, it's psychodrama for people. It's, mm-hmm. it's them reaching into their head and trying to hit something that hurts and cu- trying to make an understanding of it. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I, 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 I was assaulted in a, like an arcade booth back in New Mexico a long time ago. And it was something I didn't understand for a really long time. And it was something that really hurt and really scared me. And it made me scared of a lot of things. It made me scared of disease because the guy didn't use a condom on me. And at the same time, I came. There was, there were so many layers to it. And there were so many reasons that why I felt I was so responsible for it. And, Part of coming to New York is really getting to understand people who in the community, like the pause community mm-hmm. and things like that. Because for the longest time, I, it, it meant like just, it may, meant pain and it meant sorrow and it didn't mean anything but that. And part of watching porn was really trying to me self discover it. Like seeing Treasure Island media back in the day was like, well, men can have bareback sex and not mm-hmm. be absolutely terrified of it. You know what I mean? Because when I was younger, I, I, I didn't know how to get tested. I didn't know how to do any of that kind of stuff. So I just assumed. Mm-hmm. I assumed since I had this instance that I had no control over, or and I didn't stop in the moment that that's what happens. You, you, it happens due to you. Yeah. And I would blow out candles every like birthday, just being like, "Don't be positive." You know what I mean? And it's so much different now because having people like us speak out is you really people portray people really really project themselves mm-hmm. on us, and we mean something to them. And so it's, um, whenever you meet kind of actors that are really shitty to their fans and really kind of like demanding and expect, have just weird expectations of people that have no concept of what our lives are, it, it, it makes me, that's what I find unattractive. Mm-hmm. I, I don't run into unattractive people. I run into really unattractive behaviors. Wow. Good way to put it. <laughs> Jeez. This, this has been wonderful. This yeah. has been a really wonderful conversation. Good. I, I really enjoyed it. Good. Uh, on that note, is there anything else that you would like to add before we follow my Twitter? Keep an eye on me. If you want to fuck me, ask a studio to hire me. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. I want to thank Joel someone so much for spending some time with us. Uh, and thank you for listening. This is the demystifying gay porn podcast with Ike Grande. I'm your host, Ike Grande. And as I said before, and I'll say it again, uh, if you have watched gay porn in the past 12 years, I've definitely helped you get off. Cheers. <laughs>